Stop the hacks. Stop the attacks. Stop the attacks and start taking your IT career to the next level. The Masters in Cybersecurity from Stevenson University Online can keep you one step ahead of the criminals and one step ahead of career advancement. Complete your online degree in as little as 18 months with convenient and affordable classes. Stevenson University Online, your partner for professional success. Visit stevenson.edu slash cyberwar. Yeah, it's called Conversations with Jeff, not Screaming Matches. Yeah, Yeah, you and I do not agree on Calvinism. But look how nice we are to each other. I think it's going to really shock a lot of people, thrill a lot of people. A lot of people are going to have to do some soul-searching. It's like, you know what? What are you doing? You're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on when you should be out there winning people for Jesus. Right. Thank you for the job you're doing. Thanks for being willing to address these kind of issues. They're vital to the church. I feel sorry for what's coming your way, but God bless you, man. It's it's a good, healthy conversation, and, and let's keep growing together in the Lord. People won't change unless they hear the truth, though. And so we need to know the truth, uh, speak the truth. And then the last one I would say is that we need to stay in the truth, uh, no matter what the consequences are. Okay, everybody, we are back here with uh, Conversations with Jeff here on uh, the GK Podcast Network. Uh, really excited about uh, today's show um, in the sense of it's going to be a really important topic that I think we all need to dive into and understand, especially as we are seeing the takeover of our country as well as our faith here within Christianity. Before we start, I uh, just wanted to remind you guys to go over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave, leave us a five-star review. It really helps with uh, helping us to get found on Apple Podcasts and all of that, as well if, if, if you guys would like to support what we're doing here at the GK, you guys can go to gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in, uh, and that's just a way that uh, if you guys would like to financially support us, you can do that. It's a membership program. You'll get extra access to some uh, cool things, such as the recording from the Destroy Social Justice Conference, as well as 30% off of anything in our online bookstore. So definitely check that out, gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in. Um, well, I'm, I'm really happy to be bringing on a good friend, Dr. Bobby Lopez. Uh, he's the host of the Big Brown Gadfly that we host here on this podcast network. But uh, Bobby, thanks for joining us and, and glad to have you back on. Hey, thank you for having me back on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and the thing is, is that it's it's all it's always fun to have you on. It's always fun to talk. Um, but but I feel like, especially with today's topic, you have a lot of insight as to what is actually going on. Um, I feel like the majority of people that are that are going to be watching and listening to this, they already know. Okay, so there's this there's this controversy with Jerry Falwell, and he's you know he's getting pushed out over at Liberty University and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time. Um, I don't think everybody really has the full the full picture and the and the full I- kind of idea of what's actually going on. Um, when, when you first mm-hmm. heard that Falwell was getting pushed out, what was your like initial response mm-hmm. to all of that? I immediately wanted to know what was the trigger, what was the controversy that is being put at the forefront, and I wanted to know who started it. So I quickly traced it back to someone who's a reporter at the Houston Chronicle who I know very well because this is his handiwork. He's an expert at stirring these controversies and pushing Christian's buttons with salacious accusations involving sex or sex abuse. Uh, his name is Robert Downen. And so, and I had been, he'd been on my radar for a long time because he made a career out of going after sex abuse in the Southern Baptist convention. But I remember multiple attempts to try to draw his attention to the work that I was doing on sex abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention, and I had lost my job. You know, you know the story at Southwestern Baptist Theological Society um, uh, Seminary because I was looking into same-sex abuse, and I was writing about it, and I had been told not to write about it, and I was fired. I had also submitted 
a resolution to the Southern Baptist Convention about sex abuse and whistleblowers, and that had gotten shot down. And Robert Downing and all of the people that I know he is associated with, they have blacked out this information. They refuse to talk about it or cover it. So I've known for at least a year that there is this camp of people who make a business about weaponizing sex and weaponizing Christians' prudish attitudes about sex. So they take down person after person by coming up with a controversy, and they're very skillful at it. I think what, what people don't realize, and especially what I think a lot of conservative Christians don't realize, is that they can't trust their own reactions. I hate to say it, but every single time they take down a major figure, whether it's Paige Patterson or Roy Moore or uh, the president of Cedarville University or whether it's this person now, uh, Jerry Falwell, it always feels like an airtight case. It always feels incredibly uh, reasonable to have them removed because the controversy seems like it's just beyond the pale. The person did something that was unbecoming of a leader, and there's all these Bible quotes that are thrown at you. And what people have to understand is that all of this is orchestrated. They have been trying to get rid of Jerry Falwell Jr. for years, and they've tried controversy after controversy. And what this group of people does is a whole network of them. It, it extends from Robert Downing to then Karen Swallow Pryor um, and Sarah Pulliam Bailey at the Washington Post and Jonathan Merritt, who writes at the Atlantic Monthly. What they do is um, they spend a good amount of time, they do their homework, and they get all of the supporting infrastructure behind a takedown. Stevenson University Online is a leader in forensic education for law enforcement, legal, and cyber investigations. If you are preparing for career advancement or career change, investigate our online master's programs in forensic science, CSI, forensic accounting, Forensic Investigations, and Cybersecurity and Digital Forensics. New online sessions start every eight weeks. No application fee or GRE required. Visit stevenson.edu slash online. No matter if the economy is up or down, healthcare careers continue to grow, especially in management. Stevenson University Online's Master's in Healthcare Management can put your career on a new track, especially for career changers with previous business, HR, or technology backgrounds. Discover new opportunities with our healthcare management Masters, no GREs, no application fees, and 100% online. Visit online.stevenson.edu slash healthcare management. So that they only go public at a moment when they know that they have key allies or conspirators or collaborators, whatever you want to call them, who are going to come out. And usually they, they reserve um, the time for certain people who are going to be what some people call surprise validators. That is, people who would normally be allied to Jerry Falwell, but now are coming out and saying, no, this is beyond the pale. We must act. Um, and so it's, it's a very familiar strategy. I've seen it done a million times. And my first instinct when I see something like this is I follow the money. Okay. So I want to know if Jerry Falwell is removed, A, who's going to replace him? B, how much money is at stake? and see who's going to get that money. Do you see what I'm saying? So the questions to this is, A, they have not said who's going to replace him. They've appointed a, an acting president. B, there's a lot of money. It, it came out that it's close to $2 billion in assets. That's over 10 times what was at stake in the takedown of Paige Patterson at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We can talk about that one. And C, the question is, you know, whoever gets into the presidency, they're not just going to take over that job. They're going to come in and they're going to fire all of the administration, all of the mid-level management, and eventually they're going to start purging the ranks of the faculty. This is what always happens. They clean house, supposedly, um, and the more time that goes by, the less the public is even paying attention. So they're able to clean house and then they bring in a whole new roster of people and typically the institution then moves in the direction of the woke, okay? So it, do you follow what I'm saying, Jeff? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, and, 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 uh, I, and I think, too, it's yeah. it, what's, it, what's been interesting to me about all of this is that this never goes towards becoming more conservative. This always goes towards no, never, go, going yeah. woke. And, and I think that that's, that's an interesting point, and I think, I think that it's really showing 
how much of an infiltration is going on within even the Christian education side of things. We all know it's happening out there in the world, but specifically within Christianity, I feel like we've got our guard down and we don't realize what's actually going on here. Well, I think that the takeover of Christianity is a long time coming because they have been trying to work through organizations like the Academy of Religion, the American Academy of Religion, um, which, you know, they've been trying to produce or manufacture a liberal Christianity that can compete with conservative Christianity. They've been trying to do this for a long time. It's a way of stealing the evangelical base away from the Republicans. It's purely political. It's crass. It's cynical. There's almost nothing biblical about it whatsoever, but they mask themselves as biblical, just as Paul warns in his letter to the Corinthians. You know, Satan will come dressed as an angel of light. Uh, they've been doing this for a long time, but there's been an acceleration uh, since Trump, because <clears throat> prior to the election of Trump, everybody was saying that Trump's support was coming from unemployed Midwestern blue-collar workers. And then after he was uh, elected, people analyzed how he had won, and they realized that it was uh, religious Catholics and evangelicals who had put him over the top. So all of this anger and this rage that you see among liberals at Trump is now being funneled. All that energy is going towards this uh, permanent state of war where they are determined to prevent uh, Trump from being reelected and anything like that happening again. So they have to try to defuse and take over this evangelical base. And that was those, you know, that, that movement was already put in place, but it accelerated and what, what they have to do in this case is they cannot attack the constituents. They can't attack Christians. They can't make disparaging remarks about evangelicals. They can't make disparaging remarks about the institutions. They have to personalize it. They have to find one person at the top who's a key influencer. You know, they have to cut the snake off at the head, and they have to create such a scandal. They do it. It's such a machine. They create this sex scandal or a racism scandal, something really salacious and inflammatory, and they just pound the Christian media with it until that person gets uh, removed, and then they can take over the institution and get their hands on the resources that are there. So you figure $2 billion that are in the endowment at Liberty, not only does the left get to play with that $2 billion, and they will. They'll start using it to found... Uh, different think tanks that are all going to be pushing out this woke Christianity. They'll hire liberal faculty. They'll, they'll do all this, this game playing with that money. But on top of it, it's a double benefit because at the same time, conservatives are losing their own arsenal. They don't, they're, they're losing their support because all of the money that would go to supporting the conservative evangelical voice has been taken from them. So people like you and people like me are stuck out in the cold. We have to try to make the desert bloom on our own. And that was, so we're always at a disadvantage. This is all prearranged. Um, and the thing about it is that I've talked to many Christians, and they have so much confidence in their own ability to perceive and their own ability to discern what's going on. Um, and this makes me think of the Bible, when it says, lean not on your own understanding. Don't, don't think that you can outsmart people, especially liberals. Don't think that liberals are dumb. They're not snowflakes. This is very well orchestrated. It's well-funded. It's planned. And so if you see what happened here, uh, they had access to photographs about Jerry Falwell. I will not be surprised if they have more that are even more incriminating that they're holding to release later. Now, the initial photograph that triggered everyone's anger was a picture of him at a yacht party. We've talked about this before. I don't know if the people listening are all familiar with this, but there was a picture of him at a yacht party holding a drink, um, and he has his belt buckle unbuckled, and he's standing next to a woman who was not his wife. Okay, Now, as someone who came to Christianity late in life, and I spent a lot of time on the wild side, I have a pretty high threshold. Uh, I look at that as, wow, that was really irresponsible. It's kind of offensive. He also was uh, at a costume party that was making fun of trailer park uh, residents. So that's kind of triply offensive, right? But I, I'm not going to lose my mind and say, okay, well, this image makes me so uncomfortable that I'm going to sign off on any kind of reprisal, even if it means removing him from the presidency and replacing him with someone who is going to be five times worse. Do you see what I'm saying? But the, it, it's a game of pushing Christians' buttons. The left, they've used this formula again and again and again, 
it's it's like clockwork, and it's the same players. It's the Jonathan Merritt, Sarah Pulliam Bailey, Karen Swallow Pryor, Beth Moore, Ed Stetzer. It's the same little circle of people. They have their assets planted at different newspapers. They 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 came up through training under various mentors. They all know each other. They share a lot of the same funding opportunities, et cetera, and they work like a well-oiled machine, and they create the illusion that something terrible has happened. Um, do I think that the picture was a good idea? No, I don't, okay? But it also, if you could just step back from all of the blogs and all of the tweets and all of the social media and all of the chest pounding and the cl pearl clutching and all of that, and you look at it, you have to say to yourself, okay, he made a dumb move, he went to a party, he took a picture, um, let's let's move on. Somebody chastised him, you know, maybe dock his pay for a week or I don't know, do something like that. But what, what they've moved immediately to, and you can see this is the, the, the end goal. You can see very quickly they move towards the end goal, which is they want to remove him and replace him with somebody else. And they're going to do it in a very stealthy way. So they, they're doing here exactly what they did at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in 2018. Stop the hacks. Stop the attacks. Stop the attacks and start taking your IT career to the next level. The Masters in Cybersecurity from Stevenson University Online can keep you one step ahead of the criminals and one step ahead of career advancement. Complete your online degree in as little as 18 months with convenient and affordable classes. Stevenson University Online, your partner for professional success. Visit stevenson.edu slash cyberwar. No matter if the economy is up or down, healthcare careers continue to grow, especially in management. Stevenson University Online's Master's in Healthcare Management can put your career on a new track, especially for career changers with previous business, HR, or technology backgrounds. Discover new opportunities with our Healthcare Management Master's. No GREs, no application fees, and 100% online. Visit online.stevenson.edu slash healthcare management. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. In that case, in 2018, um, they started a big scandal about comments that Paige Patterson had made years ago that they released the audio. And uh, then um, once there was such a big controversy, then they had these petitions and these letters uh, that were sent to the trustees telling them to take action. So the trustees said that they had to take action. So they first removed him and said they were going to retire him to an emeritus status. And then they fired him. Um, and then they placed as the acting president uh, Jeff Bingham. He was the interim president, and he's well-liked and uh, very popular and, and harmless. You know, he's very politically mild, et cetera. And so we all let our guard down because they said they had replaced him already and we weren't paying attention to what was going on. But he was only the interim president. So then they announced a search committee, and then eight months later, they come forward with this nightmare president, uh, Adam Greenway, who's just a tyrant. I mean, he came, he fired 25 faculty in one day, then he fired more. I mean, he's cleared out half of the faculty by now, and he's bringing in all of these uh, people from the institution that he had worked at before, all of his friends. Uh, he's now founding this thing called the Institute or the International Alliance for Christian Education with Karen Swallow Pryor and Russell Moore on the list of fellows, etc. So there, he's transforming that entire seminary and i was fired i mean in that whole process i mean they're clearly clearing out everyone whose viewpoints uh, stand in their way and i think that's precisely what they're going to try to do right now at liberty they've said that he's on an indefinite leave of absence which is sufficiently vague for everyone to be kind of confused and not really paying attention and then now they've appointed an acting uh, president and then they've now replaced the board the chairman of the board with an african-american and they've made a big uh, sort of splash by saying this is the first African-American that's serving on the chair as the chairman of the board. So they're deflecting all this attention to that story. And meanwhile, nobody in the press I've seen has really asked, 
who is going to replace Jerry Falwell? Have you noticed that? Have you seen anyone say who's going to replace him? I, I haven't heard a thing. And, and the, and the, and the thing, the thing that's interesting to me, and I actually posted an article about this uh, a few days ago, uh, probably, maybe even like last mm-hmm. week, but th- there's there's this organization called, I believe it's off the top of my head, Save 71. And uh, and it's yes. it's it's alumni and uh, and some pastors and people like that that are in in this is a new organization but the but I've been following this group of people the founders they've been going after Fallwell for years and and if you exactly. look at if you look at their website it's all it's all very conservative Christian we need somebody that that pushes our values that reflects Christ and they're saying that Fallwell isn't well you actually go look. At these founders, you begin to realize they're pushing for woke Christianity. They're pushing for yeah. accepting homosexuality within within the university. They're they're mm-hmm. a bunch of never Trumpers. Like it's it's extremely right. obvious, but they're but they're not being upfront and honest. They're, they're they're being subversive, and then I feel like to me this is making it obvious. This is a coup. I don't I don't know how else to put it. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. No. It's a massive coup, and we've seen it at, at so many institutions that were dear to conservative evangelicals. I wrote an article in American Thinker, and I listed 18 of those institutions that have been taken over through things like this. I mean, I think the National Rifle Association was one of the only ones where the coup didn't work. They tried to get Wayne LaPierre removed. Uh, I don't know what the heck Oliver North was doing, but Oliver North was, again, threatening Wayne LaPierre that they were going to release some information about a scandal, but then Wayne LaPierre was able to blow the whistle on it and so that one stopped but it, it's it, in place after place it's the same coup and they always cloak it in this fake rhetoric i mean because this is the thing they are smart they do their homework they find assets that they plant in all of these institutions who learn the the jargon they learn the lingo um and they're able to observe what pushes christians buttons that's the key term i would use they know how to push our buttons and so they know that evangelical Christians lose their mind about sex. So all you have to do is have a picture of Jerry Falwell with his belt buckle unbuttoned, standing next to a woman who's not his wife, and, and people, they can no longer reason. They, have, they lose all sense of proportion. They don't understand the, the larger context. They're not going to ask questions like, who are you going to replace him with? What is going to happen to this money? Um, you know, who are all these new people who are uh, coming out of the woodwork saying that they're longstanding alumni and concerned uh, friends of, of uh, liberty, you know, why are they all of a sudden exploding onto the scene and making all of these claims? They always have a petition or multiple petitions. They always come forward with some coalition of people who claim to be tied to the institution. It's all pre-arranged. It's completely staged. It's it's massive choreography. Um, I it, it's almost like counterintelligence during the Cold War, but now unleashed on conservative Christian institutions. It's crazy, but but that's how it works. And it's sad because I just find that uh, Christians, they fall for the trap every time. I've seen people whom I really deeply respect, Jeff, who I think are very wonderful people who can't get over the photograph. Yeah. They can't get over the photograph. I, I, I sent them the articles that I wrote about this, and they would write me back and say, I don't care. I don't care about anything. You know, Jerry Falwell is a disgrace. He should be removed. Hang him in the public square. And it's the same thing that I saw with Paige Patterson. There were tons of people that I know personally who did nothing but praise and flatter Jerry Falwell Jr. because they were angling to somehow get into one of the ventures tied to Liberty University, you know, because he launched the Falkirk Center. He launched this. He launched that. Um, You know, so people were all trying to get access to it. But, of course, once the cards are on the table and it looks like he's got a losing hand and all of a sudden people come forward saying that they've been concerned for years and years and that they never liked jerry falwell and they i mean it's just complete betrayal uh but i've talked to many people that i know and that i personally very much respect that they can't get past their reaction to the photograph um and then now I, i don't know if you saw but the most recent article that was posted on Julie Royce's um, blog. And I don't know a lot about Julie Royce. She, she pops up here and again. Um, but, I, you know, I really have to uh, pause when I see her most recent posting uh, about the Falwell case because it's just so irrational. She, she makes it seem as though th- this huge scandal has now been uh, compounded by the fact that people have come forward with evidence of what Jerry Falwell was liking 
on Instagram. Did you see this? And he was yeah. liking uh, posts by students, Liberty students, females, who um, had posted pictures of themselves in bikinis. And Jerry Falwell was liking the pictures, um, you know, for several years going back. My question is, who the heck is digging through Jerry Falwell's likes to try to figure out what he likes? Number one. Number two, I, I don't know how to say this without making more enemies than it's worth, but I'll just say it. I don't have a problem with a man being heterosexual. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if the women who have those Instagram pages felt that those pictures of themselves in bikinis somehow represented something about themselves that they wanted to share with the world, I don't feel that it's wrong for him to hit like on them. I mean, unless you want to extrapolate and suggest that because he was hitting like on those pictures, he must also be viewing violent pornography or, or, or something that's really degrading, then, you know, but, but if you're going to go down that road, I, I would say that you're, you know, you're violating the ninth commandment. You, you don't know that. You're just conjecturing. You're trying to put two and two together and coming up with 22, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that um, it's an example of how people lose their mind. I don't know who Julie Royce is. Maybe you can enlighten me. But I looked at this uh, post, and then it was cross-posted on Pulpit and Pen, and I, I'm just lost as to what the the reasoning is here why, why am i supposed to be shocked that there are women with bikinis and that he liked their post and then there was one woman who was quoted in the julie roy's article and this was a liberty student a woman who said that she felt threatened or she felt uncomfortable or intimidated by the fact that he hit like on her picture uh because you know he's a man in a position of power and and i'm i'm looking at that and i'm just thinking to myself well, why would you put a picture of yourself in a bikini on Instagram and then not want people to like it or, or not want to know that people are looking at it? It, it really does not make any sense. Um, but that's the kind of, of thing that you're dealing with here. The people who are staging this coup, uh, they probably have a lot of contacts with people like Julie Royce. Maybe Julie Royce is part of the plotting. If she's not, she may just be someone that they know how to push her buttons. And they know that she's going to, you know, basically fall into the traps that they set for her. So it, we're, we're dealing with psychological warfare to a certain degree. And ultimately, at the bottom of it, Jeff, it's all about money and power. They want that $2 billion endowment. Can you imagine what they can do if they get into position someone who is sympathetic to their causes who is going to be in charge of that endowment? Just to give you a sense of, of how this can go, look at what happened at Southwestern. At the April 2020 meeting of the trustees, they passed a motion allowing the president who replaced Paige Patterson, whose name is Adam Greenway, access to the restricted um, funds of the endowment. So he gets to take all the money out of the endowment. And, you know, basically he can do it without prior approval. So he, he can burn through that endowment money. If you get uh, the trustees to pass a measure like that with a new president, you can imagine the kind of damage that can be done to conservative evangelicals with that. No, ab absolutely. And and I think, you know, I keep coming back to this idea too that what is it about conservative Christians where we get so outraged? Cuz cuz I'm cuz I'm looking I'm looking at this and and I feel like the same kind of thing is being used against um, is being kind of thrown at conservative Christians and there's, there's still quite a few that are never Trumpers. And I feel like it's the same kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And it's like they can't separate out being able to say that somebody did something wrong with we're going to destroy the person, right? And so it's like with, with Trump, right. I think we right. can all agree he said some pretty stupid things. He's done some pretty stupid mm -hmm. things. He's not a Christian. More than likely, he he's not actually saved, right? But at the same time, com compared to Hillary Clinton, he was the better of the two choices. But because he had messed up and he had sinned and he wasn't the perfect person, they couldn't vote for him. And I feel like the same kind of standard is being held to Jerry Falwell. Falwell overall is leading one of the few uh, conservative university, Christian conservative universities left in the country. And it's like we're willing to destroy the one beacon of light when it comes to that kind of mentality in order – it's like we're sacrificing the future. We're sacrificing giving that over to the left to take out a single guy who has a questionable Instagram post. I feel like this is pretty petty here. Well, it's, it's why we lose. 
It's why conservatives lose. I, I watched this happen with Roy Moore. He was one of the few people in politics anywhere who had defended a child's right to ha- have contact with their mother and father. That, that's an important principle from family court. It, it is important for when you're dealing with foster care, adoptions, divorce proceedings, everything. And when the, the laws were being changed for gay marriage, um, he was one of the only people who listened to our argument that there was a question about whether a child would still be able to maintain a natural-born right to their mother and father, uh, given the changes in laws to accommodate gay marriage. He was one of the only ones who respected that. And that's an important principle, especially given the history of slavery in America, where children were removed from their parents. Okay, so, you know, this is really important. And when people went after him over these accusations that he touched a girl in 1978, they were, it was totally unsubstantiated. It was all the same people. It was all the exact same people, David French and, and you know, the, all the Karen Swallow prior types and the Beth Moore people and, and the Sarah Pauly and Bailey crowd over there at, at the Washington Post. All of them were all, you know, lining up. And then, you know, when people were, were confronted with questions like, you know, there's really not enough proof here. We cannot assume the worst about a man without proof. Um, then they were given proof in the form of uh, stories that he had dated women um, who were younger than him when he was in his 30s, that he was dating women in their early 20s or whatever, or, you know, uh, who were legal. You know, they were adults, but they were they were very young. And he, he was maybe 12 or 13 years older than them. And, and so they just lost their minds. They, they really honestly lost. They couldn't think through the, the rational understanding of this. And what they did was they gave away the Senate seat to Doug Jones, who's radical and who is, is kind of crazy, who, you know. Um, so I, I think that this is what they do over and over and over again. It's the trap and the left knows that we will do this. Uh, they know what our buttons are to push. Um, you know, we can try people like you and me to just try to be a voice to say, hey, come on, step back and do this. But it is a, a, an inherent flaw in conservative Christians um, that is constantly going to, to, to harm us because if they can't get over that, that prudish judge mentality and that witch hunt mentality, the left will use it again and again. And it's a very effective weapon because if you can direct all of that anger against someone in a position of power, then you can take, carry out a coup. And then you don't have to make an argument against the, the mission of that institution. You don't have to prove that your views are right. You don't have to uh, argue with all of the people who you disagree with. You just have to get rid of the person at the top, and then you take everything over and quietly take all the money so that you can put it to your own uses. It's, it's insidious, but that's what we're dealing with here. And um, I, I don't know what the solution is. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Yeah, well, and, and I think and I think part of the problem as well is that it's like we're playing like like you keep saying we're playing into the left's hand w- when it comes to this, and and it's like we can't we we can't focus so much on winning every single battle that we're going to lose the war, and and that's kind of my mentality when it comes to this a little bit as well. But but I think but I think at the same time. 
we have to remember as well, the left, they're the ones that are actually creating all, all of this. They're the ones that are actually exposing a lot of this. And, and this happens with Trump. This happened with Kavanaugh. This happens now with Falwell, happened with Paige Patterson. You know, like the list goes on and on. We can keep naming all the names, right? But a lot, but in a lot of these cases, it's the left that's pushing, uh, these accusations. And then they're just getting it out there. They're throwing it in the middle because they know that the conservatives will run with it, right? But I think the interesting aspect to this is that the left doesn't actually think that anything that Falwell did was wrong because they glorify it on their end. They just – like if if they actually had a problem with this kind of mentality, they would not have had Bill Clinton speaking at the Democrat uh, you know, convention this this week. You know what I mean? And and I think that that that's something that we need to remember is that – they're doing this to get us to destroy our own so that way they don't have to do it. Right, right. And yeah, and it's it's it is very duplicitous. It's it's deceitful. It's it's dishonest. It's all of those things. I see this with Kamala Harris who has her history of uh engaging in sexual relationships with people in a professional context where she was in a position to, she was placed in a conflict of interest, basically, because her boyfriend started her off on her career by giving her jobs that she was underqualified for and thereby passing over all of these other more qualified women. So if you think about what Kamala Harris did, that's terrible, given all of this discussion about Me Too, that really encourages more women to be placed in the position that they're going to be pressured to trade sexual favors for advancement. I, there's no way that Kamala, Kamala Harris should be on that ticket given all of the discussion about Me Too that we've had. But, of course, of course they won't discuss that. They won't go after it. And, and the, pro- the question is, um, who has enough resources to be able to just flood social media? If you have enough commentators all saying the same thing, all using the same deflections, and you just don't have enough people on our side with stamina who can answer to all these things and, and keep on butting against them until they, they push them back, then you're going to lose. And I think someone like Jerry Falwell, um, he is a classic easy target because of the fact that uh, he is in many ways a stereotype of a corrupt evangelical. He's not perfect. He's got a lot of flaws. And there are a lot of people who are jealous of him, who, who agree with him, who are on the same side, but who are jealous of the fact that he was a golden boy whose dad was his meal ticket and he walked into a really cushy job and, you know, he's prosperous and he's got lots of money and he has a yacht. So, of course, people are going to be really jealous. So the left is able to get some of those jealous people on our side to do their dirty work for them. And then there are people, I saw this with Paige Patterson because I was working on campus when he was removed in that big ouster in 2018. I saw people who were high up in the university who collaborated with Adam Greenway's people to help give information that would make Paige Patterson look bad, right, so that he would be removed. And then they themselves were fired after Adam Greenlee took over. I saw a lot of people like that. Um, These people who do these coup d'etats, they have no respect for you if you are a collaborator. They treat you with total contempt. They they will work with you up until the point that they don't need you anymore, you know? And that's how ruthless this game is. And I've seen it played out again and again. But there are people on our side who just fall for this again and again. And I think it is there is a biblical basis to say this is the, the, the cost of our own judgmentality. You know, yeah. this, this is the, the price that we pay for being unforgiving and unmerciful, you know, and, and for not understanding that public servants are servants, you know, in our world, uh, because we live in a democracy. And I think this flows through all of our institutions. Public servants are our servants. Now, some will say that we live in a republic, but the same thing applies, okay? So, um, you know, they're not uh, tyrants that are dominating us. Um, They're they're people who are serving us. And um, if they mess up, you have to think about it. If you have a worker who messes up, the merciful thing to do is to talk to them, to discipline them, but to give them another chance, you know, and to not hang them in the public square over the smallest mistake. If you had... Uh, a secretary, if she, uh, you know, took a, a lunch break that went for too long and then came back and lost some paperwork, are you going to, you know, execute her with a firing squad in front of the office building? Of course not. You know, you're you're, you're going to chastise her and do some disciplinary measure and then move on. But 
but we don't see it that way. We see it as if these people are somehow on a pedestal, like they're supposed to be perfect. And if they have one flaw, we not only remove them, but we have to humiliate and destroy them. Why do you think this is happening? Because I, I feel like, you know, there's there's this whole, like, quote-unquote discernment world. And everybody always says, like, I'm in it. I don't really consider myself in the whole discernment world. I think it's stupid petty. It's, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of cancel culture garbage, right? But what is it about mm-hmm. having this idea that it's our job to go out and literally take out people? Right. It's one thing if we're going to say this is right, this is wrong. Let's kind of decipher between r- truth and error, you know, and that sort of thing. But it seems like everybody is so focused on that guy messed up. Now we're going to destroy the guy. And I, and I feel like we see this over and over and over again within, uh, you know, conservative evangelicalism. What do you think it is mm-hmm. that's really motivating a lot of this? I think that let's go to the Bible. You know, in Ephesians, uh, in the letter to the Ephesians, Paul says, you know, we fight against the powers and principalities and the evil forces in the heavens. This is not a war against flesh and blood. Um, I think that we have a discernment world because discernment is important, and there is a lot of heresy, and there's a lot of fakes. And you and I are doing a little bit of that work right now because we're trying to lay out for people what all the lies are. You know, you have to, to at least speak the truth when there is so much falsehood floating around. So I think people... Are, are responsive to that. They see the need for it, but I think that they start to lose the distinction between um, sharing the truth and attacking lies and then, on the other hand, destroying people. Uh, and probably, for me, the line that, that is I don't want to cross ever is if the person has apologized, if you continue to go after them, that's wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I think that it, it's... That's why, for instance, someone like Karen Swallow Pryor, I have no problem... Uh, bringing up over and over and over again all of the stuff that she's done that has destroyed people's lives because I don't think she ever apologized. From what I know, she never apologized for what she did to Paige Patterson, and it was wrong. And somebody has to, at some point, go up to that woman and all the other people like her and look them in the eyes and say, what you did was wrong, that was vicious, that was unchristian, and it was cruel, and it was unfair. So I'm, I'm willing to do that, but you know, somebody like Jerry Falwell who apologized, somebody like Paige Patterson, you know, who apologized, even someone like like Ellen DeGeneres, maybe like think of people who are not on our side, like people who are on the liberal side. If they apologized for something, then you don't keep on going after them. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you have to back away and 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 um and and let you know try to move forward with things. But I think sometimes people they lose sight of that, and and the left and the right both do this. You know, and I, I do want to point out that, you know, I don't know when your book is coming out, um, Church and State. I contributed an essay to that. Mm-hmm. And in that book, I have a chapter on what went wrong in the seminaries. And I'm very critical of liberty by by coincidence. I mean, I, I really am very critical of Jerry Falwell and some of the things that were going on at liberty. I wrote it before this scandal broke. So, I mean, I don't think that we have to refrain from criticizing Jerry Falwell. Um, but the the problem is, in this case, um, our criticisms of Jerry Falwell has now moved into just really foolish, self-destructive judgmentality. And we're, we're handing over to people who are the enemies of what we believe in the keys to the, our resources. And, you know, that's wrong because that's a lot of money. And the, the $2 billion that's sitting in liberty, that's money that Christians gave in good faith. You know, that Christian parents paid that to the liberty. There were donors who gave to that organization. So that is, um, you know, those are resources that that really belong to the kingdom. So we can't be flippant about it and be, be irresponsible. Yeah, absolutely. And for people that don't know, uh, the book that uh, Bobby was ref- was referencing there is "Church and State: How the Left Used the Church to Conquer America." Um, and it, it really a lot a lot of what we're talking about today is a lot of what's written in in that book. Uh, we're hoping to actually have that out in the next few weeks. So if you guys are interested in that, in that you guys can go to gatekeepersonline.com/slash church and state. Check that out. Um, but one of the interesting mm-hmm. things about your chapter in relation to liberty was talking about was talking about Charlie Kirk. And I think that one of the things that mm-hmm. I keep that I keep hearing as a refutation, like when I'm talking about Liberty University Online or whatever it is, is they'll say, "Well, mm-hmm. Liberty's not going to go woke because they've got Charlie Kirk associated with them." 
So what? So why? Mm-hmm. So why are you still concerned, even with Charlie Kirk associated with Liberty, who is by all means, uh, you know, according to you know the public, he's like mm-hmm. a strong conservative. He's he would never let Liberty go woke. Uh, why would you still be concerned about Liberty? I think that you can rest assured that with Charlie Kirk there, uh, Liberty University is not going to become pro-socialist, right? They're not they're not going to reject free market capitalism. But that's pretty much the extent of Charlie Kirk's "quote unquote" conservatism. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't. He is not with us on the LGBT issues at all. Uh, and I think there were a lot of uh, questions about whether he really was fair to people who were even pro-life. There was a, a woman who went to one of the Turning Point USA events who felt that she had really been treated badly and had been pushed out because she wanted to ask Tommy Lahren a question about her pro-abortion views. You know, and I think that Charlie Kirk, from what I have been able to follow, I may be wrong, I'm open to being corrected, but it seems that his view is that the most important thing is uh, fighting socialism and making sure that we defend free market capitalism. And uh, I don't, you know, that that's not the game that we're in when you're at a place like Liberty. I mean, that is a Christian university, so and it's an evangelical university, so we're supposed to be sharing the gospel as the only way. I mean, even religious liberty, which is always an important cause, that is not meant to be just liberty for the sake of liberty on a Christian campus. It's supposed to be to facilitate the spreading of the gospel as the only truth, the one truth, the one way to the Father is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so uh, I think it's very possible to have Charlie Kirk on campus. Charlie Kirk has Turning Point USA chapters on liberal campuses all across America. Uh, the, the many, many liberal universities, they still have them there. And largely, I talk about this in the chapter in the book, you know, one of the things is I respect Charlie Kirk for taking on the administration and dealing with those administrative problems that many conservatives had not dealt with before. He deals with student activity boards. He deals with the administrations on different campuses when he's starting these Turning Point USA clubs. But he he's never really taken a strong stance in terms of trying to protect the faculty. Very little interest in that. And I know that because as a faculty member who's been driven out of jobs, based on my Christian viewpoints, that's something that I was sensitive to. So it's very possible for him to have Turning Point USA on the Liberty campus and to have a vibrant Turning Point USA club. You might have vibrant conservative students there and still have a woke administration, a woke faculty, because with the president gone, when you have a new president coming in, you just have to look at what happened at Southwestern. That new president gets to a point, all new vice presidents, once that that new president is anointed by the board of trustees, no one is going to step in and stop them. They're not going to come in after they've done all this work to put him in power to say, no, I think you need to leave that person in their job. I don't think you should bring this person in. They're not going to do that. And so depending on who they appoint, you could very easily have someone who's going to come in, who's going to have an antagonistic relationship to Charlie Kirk. Maybe he'll tolerate him. Um, He'll try to maybe secretly clip his wings the way that Adam Greenway's administration tried to quietly silence me when I was at Southwestern, but I don't think that his institute in and of itself is going to at all stop the liberalization of the faculty, of the administration, of all the people who run the student activities. So you could have the Turning Point USA chapter there and then start having the student life office bringing in speakers who are more pro-LGBT, bringing in people who are going to have an interfaith dialogue with Muslims and Buddhists and all, all these other religions. And at the same time that they do that, they might start, you know, blacklisting somebody like uh, a pro-life speaker. They might say, well, we don't want Ryan Bomberger to come speak or Star Parker because they're too controversial. We don't want them. And so we'll quietly blacklist those speakers at the same time that they're going to start pressuring the different faculty members who are maybe very outspoken and conservative. They're going to call them in and they're going to say, look, can we tone down this. We only want you to publish these kinds of articles there. And if you continue to publish what you want to publish and resist them, then eventually it becomes disciplinary and will drive you out. And then they'll go on a hiring spree and replace you with someone who is more woke. It it is absolutely within the realm of possibility that Liberty could become another Wheaton or, you know, another one of these Christian schools that becomes woke right 
in front of everyone, in right in front of their eyes. And I don't think that Charlie Kirk is good is the dam to stop that water. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it, that 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 is a, that is a really good point because there's there's a difference between opposing socialism and being pro capitalism and being a true conservative. And I think that we that we've Correct. kind of yeah. lost that yeah. lost that um, that conversation or that talking point. I think in, in a lot of this. Uh, maybe even since uh, Trump came into power to a certain degree um, in order to allow for mm-hmm. guys like Charlie Kirk to kind of come in and kind of be the leaders and things like that. I, I think another interesting aspect when it comes to these Christian universities and seminaries is that like even at the Southern Baptist uh, seminaries, right? They're going more left. They're going more progressive and that sort of thing, but they're still giving lip service to being conservative. They're still, they're still acting as if they're conservative. And I think that that's where a lot of people are like, yeah, but is this really happening? And I think that that's going to be something that we have to watch out for with liberty is that I don't think that they're going to come out tomorrow and all of a sudden they're going to start, you know, saying, yeah, you know, vote for Joe Biden. I don't think that they're necessarily going to go down that route. I don't think they're going to go down the route of being hardcore lefty in the sense of the way they present themselves, but maybe more in the way that they are setting things up for the future. And I think that that's something that we have to watch out for as well in this, in the sense of, they may not come right out and tell you what their plans are, but that doesn't mean that they still have these subversive plans. Right. Well, absolutely. You hit it right there on the bullseye. It's they're not going to come in and be overt about what they're doing. That's one of the rules of engagement when it's a takeover of a conservative institution. Uh, you cannot dismiss or belittle the mission of the institution you can't disparage the constituents or stakeholders of the institution. It has to be completely personalized against one bad leader who's going to be cast as a bad apple. And, and everything's going to be directed to that person's personal flaws. Um, everything is going to be much more subtle. And um, you know, they may never come forward and say, look, we're woke, we're liberal, but they might be making all kinds of decisions behind the scenes that are sabotaging the conservative side. So that, that's, if you look at what happened at Southwestern with me, that's a perfect example. I mean, I was literally fired. They, they, they called me in time and time and again, try to get me to resign uh, and, you know, or to try to completely not say anything publicly. And then they had all of my coworkers who were laying traps for me around the department, you know, and eventually if you just don't play their game and you just stand your ground, then eventually you do get fired. Right. Um, and and they will uh, respond like, let's say, for instance, at Southwestern, what they did was they then issued a statement doubling down on their support for marriage as between only a man and a woman. You know, I mean, they'll make some lip service like that at the same time that they're essentially firing the people who are really strong in opposing it. I mean, if you look at the way that the entire Southern Baptist Convention has gone, let's look at how they deal with sex abuse. Uh, they make that issue front and center. But then. You have lots of sex abuse issues in uh, large churches whose pastors are friends with this woke crowd, and they get a pass. I mean, there was a huge story in the New York Times about things going on at Matt Chandler's church. Matt Chandler's church is very closely tied to the woke crowd in the SBC, but you don't see the kind of massive movement to have him removed the way that they fought to have Paige Patterson removed. You don't, um, because they're not going to go after their friends. So they can apply that same hypocrisy by saying that they're a conservative institution. They might say that they're Republican, but they're going to throw their weight behind, you know, some John Huntsman or some Republican candidate that they know darn well the base of the Republican Party doesn't really respect and isn't going to go for because they're not conservative enough. So they're going to play lots of games like that. They could also play lots of games by saying, well, to be pro-life, you've also got to be, you know, talking about health care and talking about poverty. And so they try to dilute all of these very important labels like pro-life or pro-marriage. Uh, I saw with Revoice, for instance, uh, they were able to even distort the language about heterosexuality and about biblical sexuality to, to, to say that um, that they support biblical sexuality and and because they support it that's why they're supporting these celibate lgbtq people because those are true heroes because they're sacrificing their desires in order to be biblical and they're supposedly not having sex with the same sex so you know they there's all these ways that they twist around the labels or the slogans or the causes that we hold dear and that could very easily happen at a place like Liberty. And it's not, this is not science fiction. I mean, this has happened at many different institutions.
Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark all over the place it's very common yeah there 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 definitely is a precedent for this and, and we and again we see the same strategy it seems like happening repeatedly over and over and over again and at a certain point you you begin to wonder why don't conservatives get this i feel like you know we sh- we should have learned we should have learned mm-hmm. this in the political world we should learn this within the church we should learn this within the education system this is standard procedure right. of the left and we just keep falling for it and basically doing all their dirty work for them and letting them win. Now, now I think right, right. I think what I wanted to do as kind of the the wrap up question maybe is where do we go from here? Because I feel like what we're doing is we're having the left is constantly infiltrating into the church. We're, we're seeing them gaining ground. I don't I don't really see cons- true conservatism and conservative Christianity really gaining ground very much at all. How do we actually begin to push back and start gaining ground for the church? Because I got I got to tell you, I, I, it seems like as we go along, churches are falling, seminaries are falling, universities are falling, and then now even you know within politics that we're, we're falling. How do we come come back from all of this? I think the key is um, you've got to build. That's why I work with you. That's why I, you know, I like gatekeepers. I like what you're doing, Jeff, um, because I, I, I look at what you're doing and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is you're starting off at a certain place, and you know, if there, if God blesses you and you can grow um, into a, a really big platform, I want to be there with you. I want to be someone who's building right from the ground level up. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, um, and, and I to- and, and, totally appreciate that. Yeah, no, I mean, we have to do that. We have to do that. You know, I think that there are a lot of people, I'll just be real blunt with you, okay? So there's a lot of people who, in my situation, after being fired from the seminary and after having lost all this stuff, who would say, you know, I've got to join Heritage. I've got to get back in. I've got to get in with the people who have huge platforms. And and the minute that you think that way, you have to step back and you have to ask yourself, whatever is shiniest and most appealing to me because it looks like a big, uh, powerful, well-funded organization, that has already been noticed by the left, and they've already figured out a way to take it over. So the, the, the weird thing is it's almost like all of the groups and organizations and institutions that you feel hardwired to trust instinctively are the ones you can't trust because those are the same ones that the left saw and has, has already has a plan to take over. So uh, I think we have to build. It, it's hard, but that is, um, you know, what we're doing now. I'm leading this Bible study, and we're going through the book of Numbers. And, uh, you know, I think that that's a good book of the Bible to think about this. You know, when God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, at the first stage, he took care of all the problems for them. He sent the plagues, he parted the Red Sea, he gave them manna, he gave them quail. And then when they got to the Holy Land and, and they sent 13 spies in, they came back and 11 of them lied and said, we can't take it because there are giants there. And only Joshua and Caleb told the truth. Now, um, as a result of that, God said, okay, well, you're going to have to spend 38 more years in the desert, and everyone who is over the age of 20 is going to have to die (laughs) before you go into the Holy Land, because he wanted a rugged group of people to, to be his people, right, and to build it from the ground up. He wanted them to be able to take matters into their own hands and to not expect everything to be handed to them. Uh, and I think that's the the situation that conservative Christians are in. 
you have to forget about just trying to get an internship at the Heritage Foundation and, and being invited to speak there. You know, it's, it's like we're not going to be able to walk into somebody else's ready-made world. Um, you know, there's no Daddy Christmas who's waiting in the background who's going to cut you a check for $10 million to start your own, like, media nonprofit unless that person is going to have all of these corporate interests that's going to completely determine what you can say and what you can't say. We've got to build things up from the ground level. And we have to remember that it, this is overwhelming, that there are so many things, almost everyone that we thought we could trust, we're realizing we can't trust, but you still have to remember that we're talking about the, the elite of the institutions. We're talking about the uppermost echelon, the uppermost one half of 1% of conservative Christians in America are the people who populate things like Heritage Foundation or Focus on the Family or the Colson Center or, uh, you know, all of those groups. Uh, the vast majority of the people in the conservative Christian world are with us. We just have to find a way to reach the, them and to build platforms. So that's why I just want to ask anyone who is listening to this to please pray for your organization, Gatekeepers, um, that it can can be built up. Because, you know, when you see a startup like that that has potential and, and that has real people in it and, and, you, and you're with people who are willing to start with like almost nothing, you know what I mean? And to really build up from there, I think that that's, those are people who need your prayers and your support. Yeah, yeah, I, I deeply, deeply appreciate that, and I think, and I think for me too, it's been, it's been really cool, even just building this and just the, the friendships and, and the common mentality that I feel like, like we, like we all have. Yeah. Um, but one, one of my things too yeah. is that I, you know, f for me, just for everybody out there as well, I'm not looking to like hoard resources. I'm not look, I'm not looking to just like make it all about us. I want more voices out there in general. You know what I mean? Like I feel like we need more people planting churches. We need more people. Um, doing things like that. We need more people starting new schools, new universities, new seminaries, because I think that for too long, we've tried to quote unquote, fix it from within. And I think that in, mm. in a lot of instances, they ha the left and, and, and the, the people that are sub that, that are being subversive, they are, uh, they have such a strong stronghold, I guess you could say, that it's it's almost impossible for us to actually gain ground. So it's almost like we have to separate ourselves, start fresh, start new, and then go out and, and evangelize, bringing the lost to Christ, and mm -hmm. then bringing them back into the fold in the right way. I don't really, at this point, I don't really see any other way moving forward, I think. Yeah, I, I, I you're right. You just said it. You hit it right on the head. Uh, I think that the left is really good at taking over institutions. So they let other people build up things and then they move in and they take it over. And we're just generally not good at that. We're, we're never going to be able to compete with them uh, when it comes to that. So uh, we, we've just got to build. And that this is one of the reasons why, for instance, people will go on and on complaining about pulpit and pen. And I will not complain about them because I have to respect the fact that they did build that website. You know that th that they did do that, and I I remember earlier years when it was a really small operation, you know. Um, but but they did build it up, regardless of whatever things that they may have posted over the years that I disagreed with or whatever. I mean, they did build it and and they amplified it, and so, um, you know, I, I think you have to that that's the way to go. I, I just build, yeah, and um, you know, and and be be happy with whatever little things you're starting out with. I mean, if, if it's just, I remember um, when I talked to some of the people on the left, for instance, uh, because I grew up in the very left-wing environment, and, you know, some of the people who built up these huge organizations that are now recognized by the UN, and they, they go all over the world, and they tell me, you know, in 1970, there was like, they were three people in a basement. Uh, so you wouldn't even know the the, the humble origins of some of these organizations and we do have to give some credit to the left for that because there were generations that did i mean they built some of their movement out of really nothing you know you think of something like the civil rights movement that started really from scraps uh, and then they were able to just gain enough momentum and so we've just we've just got to do that and uh, i think that your idea of starting new schools and seminaries is, is a good one you know and i i also think we have to start our own culture so I just think that I'm trying to find as many creative writers as I can. I think we need to start new presses and theaters and all this kind of stuff. And, and, um, and, and so that we can have places that we can go and be creative and, and try to indulge things like humor and irony and sarcasm 
uh, and not feel suffocated all the time. No, absolutely. I'm one, so. I 100% agree with you on that for sure. So, but yeah, Bobby, I totally appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, I, again, this is, this is one of those conversations that I think, that I think needs to be had. Not enough people, I think, are having it, especially when you're dealing with academia, dealing with, uh, Christian universities and just cancel culture in general. Uh, we totally need more, mm-hmm. uh, conversations like this for sure. Um, now, uh, if people want to follow you, your writings, um, all that kind of stuff, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I have a, a, a blog, which is bobbylopez.me. Uh, I spell Lopez with a Z. Uh, so that's one place. Also, um, I am on Twitter, uh, R Lopez Mission uh, on Twitter. So, And from there, you'll see links in my profile to the big brown gadfly and all the other stuff that I do. So. Yeah, for sure. Def- definitely uh, follow yeah. fo- follow him. Uh, keep up on everything he- he's doing, writing about, and that sort of thing. Again, a lot of these topics that even like we're talking about today, vitally important for the future of our country, but also yeah. vitally important important for the future of the church and Christianity. So, uh, yeah, Bobby, again, hey, listen, and yeah. I'll be pray- go for it. I'll be praying for you too with those wildfires. Are you um, are you okay? Yeah, luckily, luck- yeah, luckily we're okay where where we are, but we do have uh, fr- friends and family that that are getting kind of close and they're seeing smoke and, and, and that sort of thing. So it's one of those things where, you know, we're constantly checking in with people, making sure that, that they're okay. And, you know, they're getting out if they have to. So it's, it's, that, that's one of the crazy right. things about California is you never really know. <laughs> All right, stay safe. Bro. Okay, you too. And then and then everybody else as well, thanks so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Subscribe, leave us a five-star review. Again, if you can, really helps us to get found and get out there. And then um, and then finally as well, um, if you guys would like to pre-order that book, Church and State, How the Left Used the Church to Conquer America, Bobby uh, is one of the contributing authors there. Um, as am I, we've got guys like Pastor Greg Locke, Dr. Michael Brown, Denise McAllister, uh, Pastor Kim Peters, Dr. Mike Spaulding, just a bunch of great contributing authors. Again, taking a look at a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today, the left's infiltration into the church in order to conquer America. It's a vitally, vitally important topic. Uh, definitely check that out. Go to gatekeepersonline.com slash church and state. If you use the code Bobby at checkout, you'll actually get 10% off as well as a free copy of Sam Jones' new ebook, Why I'm Pro-Life. So check that out, gatekeepersonline.com slash church and state. And uh, then, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. We will see you guys next time. of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC.